Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Of all of our interviews and shows, Strategic Investor Radio. Com. I'm Charlie Wright. Today is July 1st, 2016, and we're happy to have with us for the very first time here Bob Hennessy of Coastal Capital. Bob is a specialist on alternative investments. He speaks to us from the headquarters in San Diego, California. Bob, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Happy July to you, Charlie, and uh, it's a real pleasure, and thank you for having me on your show today. So, Bob, you've long been a specialist in alternative investments on what we in the industry call the wholesaler side, where you call on advisors to demonstrate to them the opportunities and benefits of alternative investments. So provide a brief history of your personal background, will you, Bob? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I started out in the '90s as an advisor, so I, you know, I provided investment advice and financial planning for a variety of clients over the years. And I made a small turn in my career where I started wholesaling for for a variety of uh, asset management shops. I represented a separate account manager out of Walnut Creek. I uh, represented a large mutual fund family. So I got a good feel for you know, what clients were investing in because you're always with uh, advisors that have uh, cl- a very strong client base. And so you're seeing kind of where the flows are and, and where exactly uh, the demand is for uh, the investments. And so in the last five years, I've uh, created you know my own company, uh, and now I act as an independent wholesaler where I represent, uh, you know, uh, where from from time to time I'll represent a variety of different strategies and funds, and I'll go out and represent those funds to the advisory community. Okay, so tell us why do you believe so strongly in alternatives? Well, I you know, first of all, I think um, what alternatives first of all do is they give you uh, they give the, they give investors access to many of the strategies that were pretty much beholden to very few investors around the planet. So there's been, you know, what folks say a democratization of this of this space where, you know, the, the, the funds are uh, alternative nature. So it's giving investors access. I think also alternatives work uh, uh, as, as far as dampening volatility in the portfolio. So the, it, it's providing the, uh, the advisors out there with added investments that uh, they're able to use um, in their client portfolios where they're able to match their underlying clients' kind of risk-reward makeup, and the alternatives are providing that extra uh, diversification that, you know, otherwise wasn't around for years. I mean, you know, Charlie, you've been around this business for a while. There was a time back in the, uh, you know, even back to the late 80s where investors really only had access to stocks, bonds, and and you know, and real estate and uh, their advisors. I mean, when I got in the business, that was pretty much it. That's that's what you recommended to clients. And now you have access to all these other strategies that uh, otherwise uh, weren't available to to these investors. You know what's so interesting uh, on that whole subject here, Bob, is we had an interview uh, a while back with somebody who uh, was in the alternative business. And uh, sold his company, came into significant assets as a result of that. And uh, 
he, he was called upon by uh, various money managers to manage his personal money. Okay, that had, that resulted from the sale of this alternative investment company that he had, and he said they were from the biggest companies. Okay, Merrill Lynch, J.P. Morgan, etc., etc. And he said they all looked alike. They would come in and they basically presented asset allocation, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, and he said they were all lookalikes here. And this was not all that long ago. And here's a guy who made his money in the alternative space, okay? And they didn't have the sense to recognize that this guy may be interested in more than just long-only positions, 60% stock and 40% bonds. And it continues to surprise me in the industry that uh, so many of the advisors have not picked up on where the industry is going and offering these uh, different kinds of investments and opportunities. I think you know the, uh, the industry is changing, and I think the advisors out there that are that, that recognize this change are bringing these investments into their client portfolios because ultimately, what they're going to deliver is a better experience for those investors, the ones that are beholden or, or stuck on that sixty forty classic allocated type models. They're going to suffer in periods like maybe in the last week where we saw a little dislocation in the markets you'll find that some of those more mainstream 60-40 type portfolios probably didn't perform on average as, uh, as well as maybe some of the other portfolios that are starting to use uh, these, you know, these liquid alternatives. Yeah, that's a great point. We're about a week after the Brexit vote here, and what do we see? We saw the first two days a tremendous drawdown in the market, and then the next two or three days they gained it back. Okay, well, people who are long only in equity market, that was in the S&P 500, people who are long only in the equity market, uh, you know, they were, you know, relieved to see that it came back, but they were very concerned for a couple of days, whereas in liquid alts, whether it's managed futures or long short or uh, real estate or a hedge fund or whatever it is, they typically have a much, much smoother ride during those kinds of things. I agree. So tell us, uh, give us an example of how and when alternatives can be valuable for an investor. Well, I, I, I kind of, you know, there's a, you know, it's a big, it's a big question to answer. But you look at alternatives; they offer uh, kind of, I like to think of it in, in three different uh, outcomes. And one is uh, there's a, a variety of alternatives that provide income. And you know, as you know, Charlie, we're in a low-income, low-yield environment. In fact, I think the U.S. Uh, 30-year Treasury hit a hit almost a new low today on a, on an interest rate. So, what we're seeing out there is uh, lower and lower interest rates. In fact, in many cases, negative interest rates around the world. And so, what some of these alternatives? There are alternatives out there that provide a little bit more income, and there are investors that are in need of more income. So I think some of these alternatives do provide some of that extra income. Also, uh, alternatives can be used as a hedge. So uh, in going back to last week, if, if you had some liquid alt strategies that typically perform when markets are, dis, are disrupted like they were after the Brexit vote, then you're going to see a little bit better performance in your portfolio in days like last Friday, a week ago today. Uh, also, um, and then, of course, it goes back to portfolio construction. 
And I, I, again, I like to always go back to when I first got in the business. I always like to think about how portfolios were constructed back in the late 80s, and they were pretty much uh, uh, stock portfolios with, with, with individual bonds. And now, nowadays, with all these liquid alternatives, you're able to uh, construct much uh, better portfolios, po- portfolios that, you know, that really the goal is to match you know, the, their, the underlying client's you know, risk profile. And I think these liquid alts, what they do is they provide those investments, uh, uh, expected returns that that uh, you know that match that ultimately have a better chance at matching kind of that risk profile of the underlying client. So I think that they help in portfolio construction, they help in hedging, and then they also help in income. So. That's kind of how I, I view the liquid alt space. And you know, space. that reminds me, Bob, you know, this, this show is all about alternative investments. And uh, one of our favorite sayings that I, I mentioned many times is uh, in a bear market, the only thing that goes up is correlation. And so people think that they have an uncorrelated, they have asset diversification that's going to work. But when things go down, as we saw in 2001 and in 2008, when things drop, Everything drops. Gold, real estate, bonds, stocks, international markets, emerging markets, etc. And that's something that these alternatives offer that others do not offer. Okay. So tell us a little about uh, what, what kind of uh, liquid alts are available for on the income side. Because so many people are concerned about income and so many have turned to real estate as a result of that. And, and you know that's a, that's a they're very sound investments. There are a variety of uh, you know private real estate funds out there that are providing you know better than treasury yields. And uh, you know if you have a pro, if you have a good advisor, you know you know one that does their due diligence, uh, you know they'll be able to steer clients into those investments. So also on the fixed income side. We're also finding more opportunities in the non-traditional bond space as well. So, if you're looking for pure income, I think uh, there are some of those non-liquid uh, uh, alternatives that might might work for client portfolios. Uh, but uh, on the liquid side, uh, there's been an explosion in, in a lot of these uh, non-traditional bond funds, long-short credit funds. You know, these are these are strategies that were. Uh, uh, almost impossible to to uh, to get for clients due to the complexities of, of, of the strategies in, in kind of a liquid uh, mutual fund format, if you will. And so now, and now with with uh, with technology, there are clients have the opportunity to get into these non-traditional bond funds, funds that uh, uh, you know that that, that, are, that are giving them access to you know that area. Yeah, we uh, interviewed someone not long ago on this show who has a uh, long-short credit fund. And he said uh, for a long time, Morningstar put them into the long-short equity category. And he said he had to repeatedly call them and say, hey, we're not long-short equity. We're totally different from that. And so it is changing the landscape of opportunities in the world of investment, so no doubt about it. Bob, and to add to that just a little bit, I mean, when you think of the, the Morningstar classifications, they've, they've recently uh, added more classifications like long-short credit, but they've taken their long-short equity category and they've created a, a buy-right strategy or, or style box, and uh, there's, so there's more 
sometimes you have to have the, uh, the the rating agencies are just reacting to you know the the, the types of products that uh, and, and strategies that that investors and advisors are using uh, these days. And so what you're seeing is a big change in the way that all these are classified, like that long short credit fund you spoke of. Right, and they're responding to the popularity of those. Bob, hold that right there. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, let's talk about some of the categories and funds of alternative investments that you're recommending at this time, or at least talking to advisors about. Again, we're talking with Bob Hennessy of Coastal Capital. He speaks to us out of San Diego, California. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit axpgold.com. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at axpgold.com. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Bob Hennessy of Coastal Capital. He specializes in alternative investments and working in the world of advisors. Speaks to us from San Diego. So, Bob, um, categories and funds. What is it that you're currently talking to advisors about and looking at using liquid alternatives? Uh, well, that's that's a great question, Charlie. Uh, I am finding that uh, there's been uh, increased demand uh, by the investor world and, and the advisory space for managed futures. And so what managed futures provides is, uh, uh, for the most part, provides a hedge against market fluctuations. And so take last, that, uh, that Brexit sell-off that uh, uh, we experienced, there were many futures funds that, that were up that day. So there are, there are those types of funds that are providing, uh, you know, some of that downside protection, you know, when, when the markets get, uh, uh, when uncertainty kind of creeps into the market. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I think uh, the non-traditional bond space is, 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 it can ultimately become a little bit more popular, you know, due to, you know, just due to all the different strategies. You know, uh, there's not, it's very difficult to make money in the fixed income markets with rates as low as they are. So there are strategies out there that, you know, that, are able to you know trade in and out of the fixed income markets uh, uh, and and provide positive return when otherwise uh, you know uh, you might 
not experience those positive returns. You know, Bob, going back to managed futures, we've had several managed futures managers uh, as guests on this show that we've interviewed. And uh, I, I don't know why the investment world is not more open to uh, managed futures because uh, these are things that are totally unrelated, uncorrelated. Price of coffee, price of sugar, uh, currencies, uh, the various currencies throughout uh, the world, and uh, various other things are not related to equity markets. And uh, people should be correlated uh, and non-correlated in, uh, in their investments with the equity markets. The other day I read where... Uh, Jack Bogle, who started Vanguard, of course, said that we should be looking at zero to up to 4% returns per year from the U.S. stock market for the next many years, up to 10 years. So nobody is looking for the 33% return that we got in 2013. We do not expect that at all going forward, and we need to be looking elsewhere for these kinds of investments, and managed futures are a way to do that. So tell me, uh, what are the, what's the kind of resistance you get from advisors? What, what, why do they uh, not fully embrace this, as they tell you? I find uh, I think it I think it all starts with education and uh, advisors sometimes aren't there's so many liquid alternative funds out there you know where do where do you, what do you begin with Charlie where do you start the process of of learning about these liquid alternatives so I think I think it's kind of like number one there's just been a an explosion in liquid alts so it's just at one time there were probably 15 managed futures funds and I I, I would venture to guess there's over 150 of them right now so when you hear the category managed futures uh an advisor in the old days uh well i don't want i don't want to say again the late 80s or the old days but uh it was pretty much understood that if you were a small cap growth manager you, you kind of knew what you were getting as as an advisor or as an investor or a large cap growth or large cap value manager but when you dip into this alternative side just by saying managed futures doesn't always necessarily define exactly what the strategy is. And that's why it takes a little bit more due diligence and determination on the advisors on the advisory side to, you know, ferret out the you know, the, the, the high quality futures funds from the lower quality ones. And and you know one you could look at last week and I I would bet you the range of uh, of returns in those futures funds on that down day were you know was pretty broad so I think that advisors are a little bit spooked by the you know the explosion of these names and so they they're they're kind of uh, uh, you know they don't want to recommend funds that uh, they don't really know everything about so it's really up to to the education and you know obviously. Advisors attend conferences where they see all these fund managers, and you know there's you got the internet, and you have uh, you know there's there's various uh, symposiums that ha- that go on all the time, and in, in, in a lot of the advisory areas, and I think that it really ultimately comes down to education. Shows like yours, Charlie. And so tell us here, Bob, what kind of due diligence are you able to do? Because you're totally focused on this, and you've got lots of advisors depending upon you, right? You don't want to recommend something that's not going to be uh, performing well for their clients, so you want to look good. So how do you perform the due diligence that you do? 
I, uh, when it comes to my due diligence, what I like to see is uh, a manager that has a track record, you know, of you know, three, three or more years that manages a fair amount of money. It doesn't have to be a billion dollars, but it, you know, managing a couple of million is certainly not, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the perfect amount either. And then obviously, you want, just want to make sure that their that their process uh, uh, is something that. Is is is, is they, that they have conviction behind, and that they haven't changed it, and that they're not changing as the markets change. They're keeping true to their process because once man, once you can identify managers that have have a process, and that's an expected process, then you can you know predict how the returns are going to react in in, in in a variety of markets. So you want to make sure that the manager has a process that's you know that's. Uh, been proven to, 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 to do well or do you know react the way that it's supposed to and then obviously you want the manager that you know that uh, again like I said you want you don't want to managing you know a couple of dollars you want to see a fair amount of money that they manage and then you know a decent track record yeah you're certainly right uh, it takes a lot of time and energy and effort and a degree of knowledge and understanding to pursue the various managers in these different kinds of strategies here no question about it so a uh, question we'd like to ask all of our guests here, Bob, what keeps you awake at night? Well, I, my first answer is a question, and I'd like to say to you, Charlie, I mean, what, it's a, it, what keeps you up at night? I mean, I think, what hap- I think the same thing that keeps you up and all the advisors out there and that keeps me up is really all the uncertainty that's going on around the world right now. Uh, the gyration of the markets, negative interest rates. The, you know, the, and, and there was a time where... Uh, Investors and advisors kind of relied on a, on a very narrow field of information to guide their portfolios. Nowadays, I mean, you have the internet and everything from the doom and gloom sites to the uh, you know to the, the ultra positive uh, markets going to go up you know forever sites. And I think that world uncertainty is the number one thing. And I, how you combat that world uncertainty is providing a portfolio that uh, represents, obviously, clients' underlying risk-reward kind of uh, 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 makeup, but then also uh, by incorporating alternatives, because what you're getting with alternatives is you're getting uh, a better chance at, 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 at finding the most appropriate portfolio uh, for those underlying clients. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Charlie, it's really kind of, I believe, what keeps most advisors up, and that is the, the, the uncertainty and the headline, headline risk. And... Uh, um, what you don't want is you don't want clients bailing out of the market at the wrong time, like in like in 2008. Uh, as we all know, clients that bailed out then uh, weren't and uh, stayed in cash for the next few years, missed out on a nice on a nice return of the markets. And so, uh, keeping keeping your clients uh, focused and uh, uh, in the market is is a good thing. You know, it reminds me when I graduated from college, uh, the commencement speaker, he stood and he said. There are enough prophets of doom uh, today to discourage anybody from getting up in the morning. (laughs) And that hasn't changed. That has uh, certainly multiplied many times since then. Second question we like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Yeah, I got a couple of books. I, I, I yeah, I think uh, I think The Big Short is is an excellent read by Michael Lewis. Obviously, everyone's familiar with the movie that came out, but uh, there's also the book, and it provides a lot more details. And what I think it does is it, you know, a pretty you know provides a you know a behind the scenes view of what was really going on in that 08 crisis and the, and then the subprime world. And you know, there are there are 
are ways to foresee those events. And uh, what's good, what, what I liked about the big short was here was an, a, a, a hedge fund that uh, that had a, a, a tremendous amount of conviction in that trade. And then obviously, uh, ultimately, you know, the trade paid off. And, you know, I, I always like to go back to some of the basics on books, too. So I think, uh, you know, the Random Walk Down Wall Street by Burton Malkiel is always a great read. Um, um, it's, you know, he's been around forever. And uh, I think that, you know, for your efficient frontier enthusiasts out there, and when I say, you know, the efficient frontier, I mean that kind of risk-reward line that everyone kind of is, 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 is hoping to be on, that's, that's, that's kind of like one of the primary books to read if you're an efficient frontier guy. And, you know, they just added a chapter recently on behavioral science. And as we know, sometimes be, there's a whole slew of research behind how behavior ultimately is a pretty good predictor of returns as well. You know, uh, I've read both of those books, and I've read several books by Michael Lewis and can recommend anything that he has written. But what the, the one of the takeaways I got on the big short was the fact that uh, the one MD that he highlights, the four people that he highlights, the one that's an MD, I don't recall his name, but uh, he had Asperger's disease uh, or condition, and uh, he did not get along well with people. And at the end of the day, he made his clients, like, what was it, 550% one year, okay, because of uh, what happened. Uh, But at the end of the day, he wasn't managing any more money than when he started. And it just shows that his clients left not because he underperformed, but because he wasn't connecting with them. And uh, no question about it, it, we think that we want the world's greatest physician, the world's greatest dentist, the world's greatest investment advisor, etc. But at the end of the day, what is so important also, besides the competence, is that connection to those people. And uh, uh, that, that, that was one of my takeaways from that, that excellent book. And besides that, it does not give much confidence in Wall Street, does it? It doesn't, but I mean, let's face it, Charlie. At the end of the day, you know, Hollywood—they're always going to make movies about that. They're not going to make the movies about how good Wall Street's done and how it's provided a lot of very, very good things for investors. You're right. The, I, I have on, not seen the movie, but but I know about. The, I, I read the book. So, uh, give us the website for those who would like to know more about you and alternatives. Well, they can just go to my website. It's coastalcapdistribution.com, and then all the contact information's on there. Okay, very good. So give us final words for our listeners here, Bob. You know, my final words uh, are just uh, kind of, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm an investor and I'm look, uh, looking for an advisor, I think it makes sense to interview a few. I think it makes sense to uh, f- uh, find an advisor that, that, that has the ability to kind of see your situation for what it is, not what your neighbor's situation is. And I always encourage uh, all, I encourage investors to interview, do their their own due diligence on their advisors, and try to find one that they connect you know the best with, and then you know make sure that that advisor that advisor is up on the times, and and again can can manage uh, you know their risk reward kind of you know makeup the best. Bob, thank you very much, and we really appreciate you being part of our show today, and we offer you uh, the best of uh, luck and best wishes for your continued success in working with alternatives with advisors here. Thank you for coming on. 
Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for having me on. Again, we've been talking with Bob Hennessy, the good Irishman, uh, with Coastal Capital, specialist on in alternative investments, working with advisors, speaking to us from headquarters in San Diego. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.